Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Fuel Hire, a platform to help companies hire smarter and flag 13 toxic employee types. Measure job fit, sales tendencies and motivators, decision-making abilities, and empathy levels, and make your next hire your best hire. Try it now on salesfuel.com slash hire, and use promo code MANAGESMARTER for $50 off your first purchase. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about human resources and a guy who's worked at the highest levels of government, Lee. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk a lot about leadership and, you know, what it is and what it's not and how to deal with it when you don't have it and, you know, how you can develop it. So... Looking forward to today's conversation. Me too. Come on in, everybody. My name is Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith. I'm the President and CEO of SalesFuel. Right. And today, our guest is Robert Bo Bravo. Hi, Robert. Thank you for coming to our microphones today. Hey, Audrey. Hey, Lee. Great to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Good morning, sir. So what a life you've lived. I don't even know where to start. Uh, (laughs) Do you want to call me Bo or Robert? I go Bo, by Bo. Okay. Yep. Bo Bravo is a combined 30 plus years of human resources leadership experience in the Department of Defense and private industry. And throughout his career, Bo is always focused on people, helping them tackle their business problems as if they were his own. Now, since retiring from the U.S. Army as the chief of HR operations with the White House Communications Agency and presidential communications officer for both Presidents Bush and Obama, Bo has served in several executive positions, including most recently the founder of the Hale Media Group and the Bravo Center of Excellence, providing fully accredited continuing education for HR professionals around the globe. So if you need to get recertified or learn something new, this is your guy. He's a professional speaker, author of the book, From the Battlefield to the White House to the Boardroom, Leading Organizations to Value-Based Results, and he co-hosts the Bo and Luke podcast. You've just been a little busy, slightly busy. <laughs> yeah, when you put it in all of those words combined, it surely does sound like way too my, busy. My first question I wanted to ask you was in reading your philosophy on human resources, that people are people are people at home or in the workplace. Mm-hmm. What are the HR problems at in the White House or at the presidential department of defense level? And are they the same down to the startup? I mean, are there certain perennial things that exist at every level? Yeah, I think there definitely are certain things that exist at every level. I think one of the differences, though, and this is what I try to teach, I do my best to teach out in the corporate world. um, You know, it's funny, the government, the government doesn't always play by the same rules that they that they make corporate America play by, especially when it comes to employment practices and and so forth. Um, And that's beneficial in in one specific way in that. In those realms, whether it's Department of Defense or, or you're supporting uh, federal agencies, whatever the case might be, there's 
you don't have this whole compliance thing hanging over your head about uh-huh. what people worry about in the corporate world of what can I ask my people? What, whatever we are really mm-hmm. allowed to talk about. So it's, it's very commonplace in the corporate world that even when HR professionals are trying to help hiring managers, you know, what kind of questions can I ask this candidate? You know, and there are things that you can't ask. Got it. They got to make sure you don't ask them specifically, but it doesn't mean you can't learn about the person you know, and who they are. And I think that's one thing that inside of the Department of Defense and so forth, from my experience, that we do, we did a really good job of really getting to know your people and not just, not just your service members that report to you, but their families, their children, what are they experiencing in their everyday lives? Um, even parents, you know, quick story, I, we, we had trouble performance, young 18 year old kid, you know, we're stationed in Germany. It's his first time away from home, but now he's in this, this big world of the United States Army. And, uh, you know, he just had some discipline issues. And what do you do with him? You call him in the office and say, here, I have your mom and dad on the phone. We're going to have a discussion. Cool. Right. I mean, that would probably not happen in the corporate world. But no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. It's the really getting, you know, really getting to know your people um, mm-hmm. and what influences them. So what influences that young 18-year-old might not be the same thing that's going to you know, influence a 30-year-old, 35-year-old, or whatever, or whatever their family situation is. You never know. Uh, but it's, it's all about getting to know what that really is and who your people are. So it's always about people. You, know, you could even ask somebody, who would you take to a foxhole with you um, if, if you had to? Like, who would you choose? There's an a- uh, HR question you don't want to ask. <laughs> yeah, that you don't want to ask. Uh, but, but the reality of it is, if you thought about even your everyday, everyday life in, in business, right, and the people that you surround yourself with, um, and, and you make the analogy between that and, and soldiers in combat, so, so when the bullets are flying, you're not, thinking about, you're not thinking about the Army as a whole. You're not even thinking about, like, I'm serving my country as a whole. What you're thinking about is, I've got these people right around me. This is my team. We have to protect each other. We have to survive. Right. So it's all about that team and the people that you have with you, because, you know, soldiers fight and die for each other first. That's my mentality every day, especially during during the the pandemic or, you know, when things are a little tough. You know, it's like that's that's the first thing that's going through my mind. I can't let these people down. You know, they're counting on me, you know, for a living. And, you know, and sometimes they have to make decisions then that which, you know, are not good for a couple of people, but it's good for the for the team as a whole Mm -hmm. and uh, not a lot of fun. But, yeah, you're right. The mentality you bring every day. Yeah, I I believe that wholeheartedly. And I I I subscribe to that every day. Go ahead, Audrey. Uh, you have a, um, I, I, did you, I read that you have an MBA, right? So you I are, do. yes, you're okay. So, um, you know, you think that HR professionals should not be siloed and that they should have business acumen and have an understanding of business. And 100%. so how should somebody go about obtaining that? And I agree with you because when you're doing a layoff or something like that, you can possibly give this person some context. Yeah. You know, this is happening to you, but this is the bigger picture. Is that why right. you think that they should? Okay. Well, not just in the event of a layoff, it's more in, it's more to be used while you're in your role as HR and that you can help solve for today's business challenges, people issues, and so forth. And if you don't have an understanding of how business works or 
get more clear on what the purposes of your business, the one that you're working in and how they make money, you know, how money comes in, how money goes out, how the people that you hire and your current employees are going to impact that. Um, it, it will be, I would say, you know, it doesn't put you in the best position to, or what I call earn your seat at the table where you're being, where someone like Lee is coming to you for guidance and like, how are we going to handle this issue? Instead, Lee's coming to you and saying, Hey, I've, I've decided to do X, Y, and Z for this particular department. Uh, and it's dumped in your lap as an afterthought. So when you demonstrate that you have the business acumen, so uh, when you demonstrate you have the business acumen, then you can, you can really stand out, help yourself stand out uh, to where you can engage in those conversations on where the business is going to go for the future. Um, and it just makes it makes it easier for you to participate in the company in a leadership type of way. So having leadership without business, it's good. Having leadership plus business acumen is better. Uh, I always say, you know, you add your your experience, your knowledge and skills plus leadership plus business acumen for an HR pro. That's gold. That's what gold you, to any company. If you had to break down uh, business acumen into a curriculum, what would the subjects of that business acumen course yeah. be? I would teach sales. And this, this is your world. I would teach mm -hmm. yeah. the, the concept of sales because I really believe sales, they're your other people, people. You're all about people and making relationships to, to bring customers in. So sales, operations, finance, finance and accounting uh, and marketing. So you don't, have to, you don't have to be the person that can go in and, and do transactions in the general ledger or produce the, the monthly financial statements. But I often ask HR pros, can you go into the CFO and speak CFO? It's having, it's having the knowledge, the ability, the terminology uh, to be able to have those conversations. And it's, it's the, not necessarily a deep, you have to have a deep understanding, but you have to have an understanding, right? So you have to, if you can't demonstrate that you even know how payroll impacts the bottom line in your monthly balance sheet, that's, you know, that's an issue. You the biggest one is things. knowing the difference between cash flow Yes. And balance sheet, big and difference. balance sheet, right? Yeah. You might have a great accounts receivable pot of money, or it looks like a great pot of money, but that's not cash, right? Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. yeah, cash flow, cash flow statements, statement of cash flow, retained earnings, your income statements. It's so paramount to be able to understand how to to read that stuff and what impacts it and so forth. So you've got some 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 good material on on, on business acumen on, on your website robertbravo.com. Uh, also, I'd encourage people to check out Manage Smarter episode fifty, where we interviewed Michael Houlihan, who was the founder of Barefoot Wines, and he talks a lot about something called the money map, which is you know a, a mapping out where the money that that ends up in your bank account where it comes from, I mean, from right. start to finish and who's all taking their cuts and everything like that. Who's all dependent on, on making this money. It's great for salespeople to understand our role or as a sales department about all of the other mouths that we feed within the company. But it's also great for an employee that just thinks, Hey, it's like, you know, I, I want a $10,000 raise. And it's like, that's great. But that $10,000 is going to cost the company $25,000. Yeah. And, once everyone else takes their cut. So th those are two great resources I would encourage everybody to check out. Cool. You've got this uh, PEDL system. Ah, um, the pedal. Which, the pedal. Yeah. I, I'm so a long distance cyclist, so I love this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want to explain what that does? Sure. Like I came up with that on trying to, you know, when I was, I, I do workshops for Sherm and so forth at conferences and trying to really get audiences engaged and everything. I'm like, 
and, and people respond to acronyms and, you know, step-by-step type of things. So I I use the analogy of, uh, and since Lee's a cyclist, you know, you can get on a bicycle and pedal, like literally pedal, and you're going to go forward. You can stop pedaling, right? The motion of moving forward and you'll coast for a while. But if you, if you don't ever pedal again, you're good. That bike's going to stop and you're going to fall over and crash. So I use this acronym pedal. P-E-D-L, participate, engage, discuss, and learn. Participate is show up. Um, you got to be present. You have to show up. Uh, engagement. Engagement means that you'll respond, even if you're not talking, but you'll respond to uh, surveys or questions or um, you'll give input to a certain type of uh, question or something that you're comfortable in talking about. And discussion brings that to the next level of actually participating in whatever discussion is happening. So if you're inside of a meeting and you're supposed to be there, right, that's a place for you to be, then I think the expectation from leadership is you would have some type of contribution or participate in the discussion in that meeting. Um, So you have to discuss. And if everybody's doing that in the group, in your team, in your company, you're going to learn from it. Uh, it, it creates the open dialogue. Uh, it creates transparency. And in reality, you're real, it, people will feel empowered if they, they have that opportunity and they actually take advantage of this little acronym. Show oh, up. Here's present. something you're going to love about your acronym. So um, I was taught cycling, you know, uh, on, you know, pace lines and things like that by a guy who was a coach for the U.S. cycling team. And he had a phrase that, that he used, and, and I always remember it. I always keep telling him what I'm going to write a book about it with, with, with this as this is a title. But he always used to say, never coast in front. Yeah. Because if you coast in front, then, then the people behind you coast, and then, then you start pedaling, and then you have like this, this rubber band effect and everything like that. So when you're in front, you keep going at a steady pace. So everybody, you're predictable, you're deliberate, and everybody then knows how to follow you. Mm-hmm. So never coast in front. And I think that <laughs> really applies to a lot of, of what, you're, you know, what your teachings are. I think that's awesome. And I, I have another great analogy from, from the military because it happens all the time. When large groups, let's say battalions, brigades, they get together to do a run, to go for a run. So instead of cycling, you're running. You're talking, you know, maybe a thousand people trying to do a formation run. So everybody's in a formation. And what happened, that formation can be, you know, a quarter mile long. Wow. So the people in the front, if, if they, it happens, they don't keep the same pace. So they'll, they'll go strong a little bit, then they slow down and they coat, they're coasting and then they speed up again. And what happens, the people in the back, it's a constant um, slinky. It's mm-hmm. just back and forth. Yo, yo. You're basically sprinting, yeah. walking, sprinting, walking. And the people in the front are enjoying whatever coasting type of pace that they, that they want. So I love that. That's Everyone great. trying to avoid one of those like, why world of sports pile up yeah. of all the bikes <laughs> exactly. in the Tour de France. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes. So, so, yeah. So think about it. That happens to people too. I, I, I just, wow, that brought back memories. <laughs> so I wanted to take yourself out of the military for a moment. Yeah, sure. You know, and into the civilian world. So I know, I know what the answer is in the military world, but in the civilian world is the chain of command an obsolete concept because it seems to me like, Sometimes the, the younger workers don't really understand it or respect it. So in the civilian world, is the chain of command an obsolete um, concept? Yeah, concept. Uh, prob- probably somewhat, I think, from, from my experience. Um, but I think it all depends on how strong the leadership is. And um, if, if people, this is, you know, starts at the top. So if people respect you 
as the as the leader, then they, they know that you, regardless of what's happening in your company, they know you're responsible for making the tough decisions or making the, the decisions for the company as a whole. Um, they know who you are. They know who their leadership is. Um, it's all about building that trust and confidence uh, in the leadership. And if, and if, you know, think about organizations that have bad cultures or they have high turnover, um, those are probably the organizations where, you know, that, that chain of command is obsolete. Again, but one really of the things mean. that I see with the younger folks is that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they feel like they can just go talk to the CEO whenever they have anything on their <laughs> mind, you know, yeah. it's like, because they're used to being able to talk to celebrities and everything like that, social media yeah. and all that. And, and the problem of it is, is like, then what happens is, is that their boss and their boss's boss, you know, are totally left in the dark, don't have any idea what's going on. Yeah. And it's like, they're, they're, yeah. there's a communication there that that's not happening, you know, so that everybody knows what's going on. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And you know, it's interesting because uh, I always deal with that in the corporate world because even, even in the military, like there's, a lot of, there's not a lot of differences from what the military has been doing for decades uh, that what corporate America is experiencing today. So even in that, I think every, every leader uh, to the highest commander has what's called an, an open door policy. So anybody can come talk to them for, for any reason. But the response to that from a leadership perspective is, have you discussed this with your chain of command? Have you discussed this with your supervisor? Are they aware of this? Are they not aware of this? That can preface the conversation where, where does the leader take this next? Or that person, if it's like, if it's you as the CEO of your company, it's like, where do you go next with that? And if they haven't had those conversations, it's not that you're dismissing them or dismissing that their, their desire to talk to you. I think it's, I think it's fascinating today if, if you know, if the young millennials want to come in and actually have discussions. Um, it's just then, with your experience and your background, and is is then guiding that conversation mm-hmm. in the right way that still leaves them feeling like, wow, he listened to me, um, and we're it's, gonna have progress. It's great advice, I, and I love having the conversations, and I love that that they want to come and talk to me, that they're not intimidated uh-huh. or anything like that. Uh, there's a certain amount of stress that goes along with it because then I have to try to remember to loop other people in or have to remember to tell them to loop other people in. And then I have mm-hmm. to, then sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't do it. And then, you know, we're in a meeting, you know, with, with management and, and, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, I, I had no idea what happened this. It's like, yeah. when did this happen? It's like, so yeah, yeah I think that's so, a great tip though. Yeah. I think you just have to put some type of um, work on some parameters around it. So people know you're still accessible and then, Obviously, depending on how big your company gets and how many people are in the company, the CEO, it's not even feasible to think the CEO could have, you know, 100 people waiting outside their door wanting to talk to them, you know, every number day. Number 29, ding. Yeah, like you'd never, you'd never, no. get, any, you'd never get anything done, <laughs> right? right? So, so yeah, it's all about setting up the parameters um, and how you actually deal with that. Because I don't think it's a bad thing that they want to talk to you. I think it's a great good thing. thing. It's yeah. a great thing. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, making it, making them a system or a process for them to have that access, but um, make sure it's communicated well up between you and that person and not the leadership in between. Sure. So we've got about a minute left. It's robertbrabo.com, B-R-A-B-O, everybody. And so um, do you want to just let people know about your e-learning platform real quick before we Yes. 
Absolutely. So we launched our e-learning platform on 1 January. Uh, it's the Bravo Center of Excellence. You can find you can find that from the website. Um, big button up at the top, e-learning courses. Uh, they're all HRCI and SHRM approved for recertification credit. So it's, it's, it's continuing education uh, and so forth. We just launched in January. We've got, I've got five or six uh, instructors lined up to also come in and teach on the platform Great. to include, just landed last week, pretty excited. Uh, one of the founders of JetBlue Airways, uh, Mike Barger is coming on the platform to teach as well. Uh, so we're really, really jacked about that. Super excited. Um, yeah. It, that's where it's at. If you, if you look at the website, you'll see everything that there is that we're offering today. That's great. Well, hey, congrats on setting that up. And uh, we hope people will reach out to you. And it's been a pleasure to meet you. What an interesting time this thanks, discussion Audrey. has been. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, for I had, yeah, great time. I love when it's quick and like impactful. Yeah. Great conversations. Definitely that. Thanks, Lee. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.